We had a prophecy in the middle of worship where somebody was prophesying. Uh, God was speaking to us. And that's what, that, that's what that's called, the gift of prophecy. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14. We are a church that believes that the same church in the first, first century is the same church today. Jesus, same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's why we uh, see things happen that are supernatural. And so after Josh preaches, uh, we're going to pray for the sick as well. And we believe for miracles. And so we need more God stories. Amen? Amen. Um, so I want to introduce Josh. I want to say that uh, Josh and Daryl Lee, we brought them on full time uh, a few months ago, and they have just been hard workers, and they are helping our church become such a better church. Amen? Amen. And Josh has been a worship leader since he was a teenager, but he's also called to preach. And every time he preaches, the anointing on him is growing. And God's speaking through him with greater power. And so let's welcome a son in the faith, a son in the house, Josh Hamilton, as he come to bring the word of the Lord. Come on. All right. Good morning. <laughs> Go get him, Tiger. I'm going to preach right here because all y'all sitting in the back. <laughs> How's everybody doing? So stoic this morning. That worship time was... Uh, was powerful. I always enjoy when I can get percussive on things. It wasn't too loud this time around, I hope. Thank God. People's ears were bleeding the last time I played drums, so that's, uh, that's not a good sign. But uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend. How was everyone's Thanksgiving? Was it good? Yeah. Still full, I would imagine? Yeah, still full. Uh, I, th- I thought it appropriate that we kind of remain on that subject of Thanksgiving. Everyone's been talking about it in pre-service prayer all morning. And when we look back over the year, we want to be intentional about being thankful for God's faithfulness, right? You know, this is a perfect opportunity for us. I have to personally do this myself, where if I get in a rut when giving thanks is actually hard to do, circumstances aren't working out, I have to be intentional. Don't you? To be thankful for what I have. And so, you know, it's hard sometimes to be thankful when you look around and you see a world that's just completely consumer-driven, impulsive, negative, constant comparison kind of culture, right? And so when you kind of put yourself up against that, it's pretty depressing. And it's hard to be thankful. But we could sit around and curse the darkness. In fact, there's an old Chinese proverb that says... It is far better to light a candle than it is to curse the darkness. So today, I'm not going to curse the darkness. I don't want us to curse the darkness. I want us to flip on the light. And how we do that is with one of the most powerful gifts that God has given us, and that is thanksgiving, right? So let's go to Psalms 100, verses 1 through 5, if you would turn with me. I'm going to go ahead and read from the Bible here. NIV version. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Say that with me. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. We just did that. Give thanks 
to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Why give thanks? Well, because his love endures forever. And his faithfulness throughout all generations, right? You could look back on your life and see God's fingerprints on it. And like, God, thank you for your faithfulness to me even when I wasn't. Psalm 118, verse 19 through 21 says, Open to me the gates of righteousness. I shall enter through them. Say this with me. I shall give thanks. Say it again. I shall give thanks to the Lord. Now watch this. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous will enter through it. I shall give thanks to you for you have answered me. Why give thanks? He answers prayer. He answers prayer. So this brings us to our first insight. There's three of them today. But our first one is thankfulness is a gateway into his presence. Thankfulness is a gateway into his presence. So, I mean, during times of worship, I've said this probably a thousand times where let's just, let's just have an opportunity. Let's have a time now to give thanks. And we can oftentimes glaze over that as just a nice Christianese phrase. You know, it's like he's supposed to say that. He's a worship leader, right? And it's, yeah, okay, so I'll wait for this moment, 30 seconds in, boom, now on to the next song. But I'm afraid sometimes, even myself included, that I miss an opportunity where I could just pass it off as just something nice to say, right? But there's an opportunity to enter into his presence. It's a gift. So about 11 years ago, my wife and I and a friend of ours, we, uh, we went up to a Jesus Culture Conference in Reading. And, I mean, powerful time of worship, awesome breakout sessions where we got to, like, practice prophesying over each other. And then we even went out into the, the town, into the shopping centers, and, you know, we would pray about meeting certain people. It's like, oh, you. Okay, hey, excuse me, can I talk to you for a second? And we'd pray over them and prophesy over them. You know, some people were like, mm, I'm good, man, see you. Other times it was like, yeah, sure. Do, do you pray? Yeah, I pray. Well, would you mind if we prayed together right now? No, you know, very non-confrontational. God would give us a prophetic word. Fun experience. You should try it. Uh, <laughs> so after a long weekend, it was a very spiritual weekend, a lot, of, a lot of involvement emotionally and mentally. You can walk away from that kind of experience exhausted, right? How many of you serve on Sunday here? And at the end of service, you're just like a zombie. I know I am. A nice big old burrito and a nap is what I need. <laughs> so we start our nine-hour drive home. And I'm hangry. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. It's a long drive. We hit traffic in San Francisco. It stopped. And so, you know, that's fun. And did I mention I was tired? Cool. I'm glad I mentioned that. Uh, (laughs) So I'm getting frustrated. Boston Josh is starting to come out a little bit, you know. And I oftentimes have to push him back down, you know. Just like, dude cuts me off. It's like, dude, come on, bro. Dude, I'll slap you so hard your car will turn around. You know, that kind of thing. So oftentimes in, in my marriage, my wife catches Boston Josh and, uh, in that moment, in the car when I was stuck in traffic, she's like, you know, I think we all should start giving thanks. 
That's the last thing you want to hear when you're angry, hungry, tired, all that, and you're in traffic. Lord, I just thank you so much for this person in front of me. They just cut me off. God bless you. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. So, no. I said, no, I'm not giving thanks. So as we're giving thanks, (laughs) me rather reluctantly, (laughs) something happened in the car. Something changed. The atmosphere changed. Now, I'm not kidding you. When we started giving thanks, I went from Boston Josh angry, hangry to not being able to say anything but holy, holy, holy. I felt God's waves, literal waves of this warmth and love and peace and presence come on me so powerfully. I couldn't make this stuff up. This is, wasn't, this, I didn't want to give thanks. I was tired, you know? But I'm singing holy just over and over. My wife, she's just fervently going after it, giving thanks and praying. Our friend in the back between tears and laughing is giving thanks and praise. This went on for, I think, about two to three hours. It felt like minutes. There was nothing like it. You know, this kind of encounter doesn't happen all the time, right? You've been in, many of you probably have been in many services and have wanted the presence of God to show up, wanted to feel his touch and all that stuff and giving thanks even and nothing, you know, just like, well, that, that was nice. It was a great experience. But we would have never known or would never had that encounter had we just stayed in our negativity. That could have been... A miserable trip home. Nine-hour drive of being ticked off the whole time. Can you imagine? Like, we would have just wasted that whole weekend, pretty much, right? Or not kind of sewn into a good experience like that. But we even reluctantly, I reluctantly, started giving thanks for God's goodness, for what God was doing. And it totally changed how I was seeing things, which brings us to our second insight. Thankfulness brings God's perspective. I was so focused on the negative, the circumstances that were producing in me all these negative, complaining, grumbling emotions that I wasn't seeing the things the way God would prefer us to see things, right? But as soon as I entered the gates with thanksgiving, And it was courts with praise. I started to see how small my problems were. In comparison to how big God was and how good he is. Right? Isaiah 55 verse 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts your thoughts. Now, however, God doesn't just want our thoughts to be separate or below his. He wants us to have his mindset. In fact, in Second or 1 Corinthians, it talks about us having the mind of Christ. Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
So now we have the mind of Christ, and you can get there by thankfulness. Amen? Now, to say I always remember this, or fix my focus, rather, uh, would be fake nose. (laughs) Nobody got that. Sorry. That landed flat. The majority of the time, when I'm needing to fix my focus, or I'm in a bad mood, not thanking God, he has to poke my heart. He's got to get my attention. And he usually does that through other people, through my wife. (laughs) That's 95% of the time. The other 5% is other people. (laughs) So it's often through other people, which is why God loves when we do this, when we gather when we're around each other, because you have gifts that I don't. I have gifts that you don't, right? And God speaks to you through me and vice versa. Many times I've got blind spots. So my wife caught my blind spot that day. She caught the fact that I was complaining and grumbling and negative, and it wasn't feeling good. It was like poison to the soul. But when we started giving thanks and she caught that, we can get out of that spiral of growing and complaining. You, you may have, have you ever been around somebody that just complains all the time or gossips all the time? And it, doesn't it just suck the life out of you? You know, and you do everything within your power to avoid that person because, you know, oh, this is going to turn into, you know, or gossip about somebody. Gossip is so easy to slip into. It's crazy. You know, at my old job, oh, did you hear about this boss? Like, well, is he crazy? You know, why does he, why does he not giving whatever bonuses out or something like that? But we just gossip and we talk about people in a bad way. Be the person, I think you and I said this yesterday, be the person that swims against the flow. Be the fly in the ointment. Put the water on the campfire of negativity, complaining, grumbling, gossip. And push the conversation You need to surround yourself with people like this, too, that push the conversation and help fix your focus into a more thankful, rejoicing, praiseworthy place, right? You guys with me still? Cool. More than just complaining and gossiping and and all this stuff, there's one thing, and I'll be vulnerable with you right now, but there's one thing, and I'm sure you would relate to this. There's one thing that holds me back. And robs me of a thankful attitude, as well as being content. And that is comparison. You guys ever do that? I mean, our culture is riddled with, with comparison, constant comparison. You're scrolling through, you see somebody, oh man, they look so, so much better than I do. He's more handsome than I Uh, They seem to know what they want in life. I'm still trying to figure it all out. They have a degree. I don't. He seems to have, you know, finances all in order. I don't, you know, ever have those kinds of trains of thought. The stinking thinking, as my father would always say, get out of that stinking thinking. Or how about why does it seem like everything works out for wicked people or people in authority that aren't so righteous? Right? When, when, do they, when did they get so careless and immoral and make laws around that to buffer themselves? Or, or will God do anything about that? Have you ever had those questions before? Right? Now? I mean, look around. Jeez. 
Asaph wrote uh, Psalm 73, and he had a very similar outlook on this. He, he, he said in verse 2 to 3, Psalm 73, verse 2 and 3, But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Doesn't envy just make you feel less than, not good enough? Kind of just, you don't, you don't measure up. I've been there. Sometimes I'm there even more recently. I mean, I compare myself to what I see other people my age and where they're at in life and, and all that kind of stuff. But when you do that, you don't see... You take your eyes off of the goodness of God in your own life and you start comparing yourself up against somebody else's. They're not you and you're not them. God has a plan for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. He has all of your days ordained. You can't possibly live somebody else's life or like my life's not good enough. What that communicates is, God, you're not good. I don't trust you. Amen? Yeah. Verses 4 through 12 in that, uh, in that whole section, he talks about a little bit more about the wicked and how they, how they, you know, they never seem to have problems. Their bodies are always healthy and strong and, and, uh, and they, you know, they never suffer. And they say, does God see? Will God know? Psalm seventy three thirteen. I've said this to myself. Surely in vain I've kept my heart pure. In vain I've washed my hands in innocence. 16. When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me. Until I entered the sanctuary of God. And then I understood. Until I entered the sanctuary of God and then I understood. He's talking about their final destiny, but I love that phrase. His perspective changed by entering God's presence, right? (laughs) Thanks, Chris. His perspective changed by entering God's presence. And this is not just on Sunday, folks. This is every day. I'm reading a book... uh, Practice the Presence. It's by Brother Francis, I believe. What's, what's his Brother Lawrence, not Francis. Yeah, Brother Lawrence. And it just talks about being aware, making yourself be aware of God's presence. Now, I, ha- I have to do this all the time. I have to force myself to do it. Otherwise, I'll miss it because God is with you and he is in you. And when you fix your focus and get into the presence of God, we start with Thanksgiving, yeah, but it changes your perspective. It changes your outlook on things, right? Just like that car ride, my problems were this big in comparison to how awesome God was. All that mattered was our connection and our fellowship, right? And in a few minutes, we're going to have an opportunity to do that again. Um, I'm a worship leader, and I want to end in worship. I always want to turn it back to worship and praise, so we're going to do that. I have a question for you. How many of you woke up today not wanting to come? 
the church. The pastor. <laughs> the AV team. <laughs> there we go. Honesty. That's good. Now come on up and repent. Come on up. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> You're tired from a long weekend, maybe of cooking all day over a hot stove, you know? You're discouraged, disappointed, frustrated, frustrated by unanswered prayer, frustrated that things may not be working out the way that you had hoped and thought and prayed and believed. Maybe you've prayed something a thousand times and it just, you know, oh my gosh, it's still not going, God, what's going on, you know? But you come into worship just like we did. You come in, you came anyway, congratulations, you're awesome. And about the second song, maybe third song in, presence of God shows up, right? Presence of God shows up and it's like, ah. You feel that, that presence of God, that peace inside, you know, your thoughts kind of calm down. I know that when I, when I lead sometimes, I'm not feeling it. I, I, I've been setting up all morning. I'm busy. I woke up really early to get here, and we're all setting up. But I love you guys, and I love the Lord, and I love to worship God. And when all of a sudden the penny drops in the presence and people start to encounter, and I see more hands going up, more people encountering, more emotional and physical engagement, not just, I'm having an encounter right now, you know, <laughs> a robotic encounter. Not to criticize that because I've actually had crazy encounters when it doesn't even look like it. But I know when that penny drops in the presence. And you can feel it. And what did it do when that happened? It changed your perspective. You're like, man, I'm so glad I came to church today. I'm so glad I went to Connect Group this week. I'm so glad I read my Bible this morning and journaled and talked to God. Because now I have his heart. Now I have his outlook and his perspective on my situation. And I have faith. Right? Amen? So, thankfulness is the pathway into the presence. It's the gate into his presence. Thankfulness gives you God's perspective. And the third thing it does, thankfulness brings God's peace. Now, I'm feeling the Lord move in my heart right now um, about this peace subject because that is predominantly what I sense when he shows up. And we need peace. There's, aren't you sick and tired of teenagers? I'm sick and tired of teenagers. Teenagers? Come to church! Aren't you sick and tired of when you hear stories of teenagers wanting to take their own life or attempting to take their own life? 14 years old? 13 years old? Are you kidding? 
See, we really do have an enemy that prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. And he's after our young people. And not just young people, he's after you too. He's out to rob your peace. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But what did Jesus come to do? To give life, and life abundantly. Okay? We have to believe that. We have to really stand firm in that truth that Jesus has not come to rob you of a good time or boring religious duties. He's come to give you life and life abundantly. Peace. You know, thankfulness does. It releases toxic emotions. Psychology Today talks about this. Releases toxic emotions. It reduces pain improves sleep quality, aids in stress reduction, reduces anxiety and depression. Modern research shows that wisdom and gratitude and thankfulness, people who practice gratitude actually report a boost in happiness by 25%. When circumstance makes it difficult to be thankful, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Thank him for who he is, And what he's done, salvation, but also his presence, his Holy Spirit. The greatest gift that we could ever get is the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. It's God with us, right? Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything. Who here is struggling with anxiety? Maybe, maybe some depression, maybe some fears that are consuming your thoughts. We're going to, as John was saying before I came up, yes, we're going we're gonna to pray, we're going to go after this, but I, I really feel like uh, as I was crafting this sermon that those that have um, sleeping issues, if you're, ha- if you're having trouble falling asleep at night because your mind is just going and you're just gripped with all this anxiety, high blood pressure, all this stuff... I want to I pray for you because my wife can tell you that I fall asleep like that. <laughs> it's anointed. <laughs> yeah, I want to pray for I'm I'm serious. I want to pray for you because I want to hear testimonies next Sunday of I slept great all week. I'm so well rested. You know what else I have? I have peace in my heart. Often we teach about praying about everything and petitioning God, as that uh, scripture said, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, right? Say it with me. That was lame. Thanksgiving. (laughs) Present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Think about that for a second. I'm going to read that part again because I'm like reading Scripture more slow nowadays because I want to pick up what God's putting down. You know what I mean? I don't want to just glaze over it because there's truth in it. Hebrews talks about God's Word being living and active Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. 
Good. Get in the Word. And the peace of God, which transcends understanding. Can't figure it out. How am I feeling so peaceful right now? What's beyond you? It's God's peace. That's God's peace. So who wants more of God's peace in their lives? All right, there we go. Good. Who wants God's peace to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus? It can happen. God's peace is available for you today. It's available for you right now. Where in your life are you feeling the most discontent? Where in your life are you feeling the most anxiety? The most fear? The most unbelief? God, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. That's honest. So let's just take a moment here and, and, and reflect, and then I'll have the worship team come on up and Maybe we'll go into goodness of God or, or uh, another song that you have in the hopper. But I invite you, Holy Spirit. I invite you here right now. Because we want to give thanks in all things. Not for all things, but not just that, but in all things. All circumstances that, that we face in our world today, in our families, maybe in our marriages, maybe in our relationships, our jobs, what it is, whatever it is, God, we want to be thankful nonetheless because you are good. Your mercy endures forever. You're faithful throughout all generations. Thank you, God. I pray that the sign today of your presence as we begin to give thanks would be your peace. And we'd walk away today with a greater awareness of the peace that surpasses all understanding. Jesus, you said in John fourteen twenty seven, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled, nor let them be afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled, or let them be afraid. See, what does the world give? Temporary, circumstantial, materialistic kind of peace that doesn't fill you the way that God fills you. God wants to fill you with peace that surpasses understanding so that in all things we can enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Let's, let's go ahead and stand. And I want to invite just a, a few of the prayer teams down here. We're, we're going to just open up the altars down here and really just be free. We have, we have plenty of time which is awesome, and I, and I love this because we don't press for this enough. We should, and we're going to. We're doing it more. We're going to press into thankfulness, enter his gates with thanksgiving, 
We are going to get a new perspective on our situation and on our lives, and we're going to experience God's peace. Amen? Amen. Did you have a, did you have a word? Yeah, come on over. Just have to share this story because it's dead on point. I opened this passage before you hit it because I was thinking about it. It's that Philippians passage. Um, years ago, within a space of three months, uh, my wife left. Uh, my mother died. My father went into a depression. And my best friend in the church uh, betrayed me, which led to a very traumatic uh, church split. So within this short space of time all these bad things happened and I had no peace I was just anxious beyond expression I would go to my prayer times and it would be just dry it would be absolutely horrible and I was in my prayer time and I was crying out to the Lord and I said I I can't take this I don't have any peace it's just killing me Uh, I was a nervous wreck and he said he spoke in my mind Philippians 4 so I went to it and I hit the thing that Josh said, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. And I got really mad at the Lord, and I said, I have nothing to rejoice for. My life is in the toilet. It's absolutely miserable. And then I read on, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. I got really mad. I said, this is easy for you to say. Don't be anxious about anything. My life is in the toilet. I am nothing but anxiety. And then I read it on. And it said, but in everything, by prayer and petition, and then it hit those words, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God will transcend, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. And, I, and it, the light went on, and I said, there's a relationship between my peace and my thanksgiving. And God said, yes. And he said, when was the last time he spoke this to me in my mind? He said, when was the last time you came to me with Thanksgiving? I said, I can't remember because it's been so bad. He said, start right now. List everything you have to be thankful for right now. And I was having my prayer and I used to have my prayer in the tub. It was really nice. And, and I was in the tub and I thought, okay, what am I thankful for? And my first thought was, the water's warm. He said, Jesus, thank you, the water's warm. And then I thought, wait a minute, this tub that I'm sitting in is in my house. I still, I, I still have a house. Thank you for my house. This is up in Canada, and I looked out the window, and it was sunny, which in Canada is a miracle, okay? So I said, it's sunny. Jesus, it's sunny. Thank you for the sun. I went through it. took about 20 minutes. Thank you for my guitar. Thank you for my car. Thank you that I still have a couple of friends. Thank you that my family hasn't turned their back on me. And I just, it took about 20 minutes. I just went through all the stuff I was thankful for. And I noticed for the first time, I mean, as, as long as I could remember, I was in peace. And the Lord said, do this every day. Just do this every single day. And it was like that for a couple of years of just every single day. What, what am I thankful for? It was all the simple little things. But this verse is true. It's true. Thanksgiving absolutely does bring the peace of God. Go ahead and and give God praise for that. It was awesome. Okay. When When you have three preachers in the house, it's dangerous. I'll be really quick. I used to think that story was was annoying. 
when he told that story. It was like giving things for the tiniest things. And, and then I had a midlife crisis, and I went on a retreat with the Lord, and I, I did not know what I was going to do. I, I was going to make some kind of a radical change in my life. I didn't know, know what to do. So I said, do I, I got out a blank piece of paper, and I said, Lord, I'm going to sit in this chair, and whatever you say, I'm going to do it. And he said, let's start with thankfulness and go from there. And it radically changed my life. And I started giving thanks for the tiniest things in my life. You don't realize how ungrateful you are until you start giving thanks for every tiny thing in your life. All right. I'm going to do one of my favorite things and play the drum so you can stay up here and continue to lead the congregation. All right. Let's give thanks. Come on, church. As we worship, come on down. I would love to pray with you and other, other prayer uh, ministry uh, ministers. Come on down to the front here. Um, Be bold. Let's step out. Let's step out together and give thanks, right? Let's enter in. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my words fall short. I've got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing these songs as I often do, but every song must end, but you never do. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. All that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I'm nothing that's fit for a king, except for hearts singing hallelujah. Don't you get shy on me, lift up your 
Uh, the Lord is imparting peace. So if you need peace, you feel free to come forward right now and we'll pray for you. Don't miss an opportunity. If you need peace, come on forward and we'll pray for you.
Come on, let's give him thanks and praise in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your presence in this place. Come on, thank him with me. Let's go. Let's go. As we look back on this year, let us be intentional about looking for God's faithfulness and where he's been faithful. Amen. Let us be intentional about being thankful and entering into his gates with it, with thanksgiving. Be intentional about getting his perspective for our lives and for our situation, right? And we do that with thanksgiving, right? Come on, let's give him thanks and praise one more time. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to continue to worship. You're welcome to hang out. But join us next week as uh, John brings the word. 
join a connect group. We've got the, uh, we've got the women's event going on this Saturday, I believe. Uh, uh, Sunday, Sunday. Sorry. I love being corrected. <laughs> and you love correcting me. <laughs> Have a blessed week, guys. I'm so thankful for you. Thankful that you joined us online. Thank you that you joined us here. We love having you here at GPC. Have a blessed week, guys. Love you. Love you.